Yeah, my name's David. I'm I'm originally from Philadelphia. I'm in Pottstown. I'm from Pottstown now. Uh, I have three children. I was raised in a house with uh, six siblings. Um, my my wife passed away uh, a year and a half ago. Um, I have three children. I was uh, born with a terminal illness, rare bone disease. Um, came up in poverty like a lot of us in the urban communities. Uh, I'm an artist also. I'm a rapper. I rap. Rapping a long time. I, I was in a wheelchair for years. You know, the list goes on. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that crazy bone disease. Um, you're the only surviving adult, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's called lymphangiomatosis. Uh, it's a pediatric disease. Um, I was diagnosed when I was five years old. Uh, doctors told me I wouldn't live to see 12 years old at eight years old. This is what they told me. What was that so, like? What was it like to get that kind of news at eight years old? Um, for my mom, it might've been a little scary for me. And honestly, I didn't pay it no mind. <laughs> I didn't even pay it no mind. I was, it was one in one ear and out the other. And I knew it. <laughs> I think that's something people always wonder, like how. Can yeah, I know it was bullshit. That's great. I mean, good for you, but I mean, your poor mom though too. She was going through some stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, it was absolutely definitely harder for her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So okay. So there's a there's some other. No, 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 no. Now when I say that, I mean you know mentally, it wasn't right, hard. Right. Right. Of course. I mean, it was physically for you. Physically, right? it was some shit. You know, I had my mental times, but that 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 you know, when I was when I when I got that news, just memories right now, the memory had come back to me. I don't remember being sad or anything. I just remember, okay, I don't believe you. You weren't scared. You weren't sad. No, I had already been through a bunch of stuff at that already at that age that it, that it took me through. So it was like, nah, whatever. I know God got me. So you weren't really eight. You were really just a small adult. Right. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I guess. Right. That makes a lot of sense then. And um, you, you've told me before about the school that you went to and the unique life that you kind of led with your family. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, it's okay if you don't. But we can talk about whatever, right? Yeah, we can yeah. talk about it all. Um, yeah, I went to a in my early ages in my life. It was um, I actually didn't see a, a real elementary school, a private school, or a public school, or any of that. The school we went to was so called private, but it was um, I didn't see a public school until I was in third grade, but supposed to had been in fifth. Um. My dad ended up going to a school. It's like a, uh, a African culture school. Um, I don't, are you all like, yeah. Philadelphia? This is in the Philly area. Yeah, right in Philly, shouting that. Um, they're not there no more. They actually went and started practicing Christianity. Believe it or not. <laughs> well, yeah, there are so. miracles in that. I suppose. We <laughs> hey, Amen. You know what I mean? So, you know, so that's why I, I, I never judge them. You know what I mean? I let God mm -hmm. do that. 
and you way. do now. You do now have a good relationship with your dad, but you, you maybe hey, didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, back in back in the day, it wasn't back then. It wasn't that I didn't have a relation, a good relationship with him. It really wasn't a relationship. You know what I mean? And the relationship it was, it was wasn't a relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He had several other families. If I'm yeah, it's like seventeen. Have like seventeen kids, like seventeen of us. And how many wives or wives? Um, does it work? He had. He had my mom. Yeah, like five, four or five. Wow, that's, that's but that that was that was that was his that was his main his main ones though. You know, he had other women around. He had kids here, but that was his main ones. So basically, you grew up in polygamy. For lack I of guess, yeah. I guess you could you could say that, but not really because I didn't. No, nah, I ain't gonna say that. I ain't grew up in polygamy because I didn't. I didn't, I still don't know half my brother and sister. So right, right. Wow, that's a lot. And okay, so I I understand that you learned some of your resilience from your mom. Um, tell me about where she used to cook dinner for holidays. Um, we had several times, more than once, actually twice. I remember. Um, we had uh, we had me and my mom was actually talking about that the other day. We uh, she would make. I remember one night we um, one day she, we was out. You know, it was all electric and heat and all that shit. She um. I believe it was Easter this time. He made an Easter dinner on a kerosene heater. If you know what a kerosene heater is, you go to the gas station, get kerosene, put it in a heater, light it, and um, she cooked on that. That heats the house, but it also she 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 figured out how to turn it into a stove to feed her children and make us our day, you know, special as it could be. Still, we had, we was able to eat. You know what I mean? We we gathered in the bathroom. It she did. She made. She made turkey stuffing, salad greens, rice and gravy. She did the whole the whole night on the, on a kerosene heater. That really makes me never feel like I should ever complain about having to cook again. But yeah, right. She wow. she did that. She definitely did that. She did that. She did that another time on Thanksgiving. We had to do that. That's crazy. So you had you were kind of surrounded by people who were strong in their own way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that probably helped you believe a little bit more in yourself because you knew you had some strong background. Big facts. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. But you've been through a lot since then. I mean, you've survived this bone disease, right? Only living adult. That's crazy. All kind of all 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 kind of broken bones, all kind of hospitalizations. Um, all kind of surgeries, operations, uh, biopsies, um, all kind of testing, you know, um, scientific testing. And when I, when I was a kid, there was only 13 known cases in the world. So that's how rare this disease was. You know, that's really interesting. I actually, I had, uh, I had cancer a few years back. I always say that I got divorced and cancer for my 30th birthday. Um, but it was a mistakenable condition, and it's bone cancer. Wow, amen. Yeah, and there were only like sixteen cases of it. Are you serious? Yeah. What was that called? Mistakenable chondrosarcoma. Wow, I thought mine yeah. was a mouthful. And and to be fair, nobody survives that either. So like we're in this together. Wow. There you go. Amen. Uh, amen. Yeah, amen. 
So you also told me about your wife, right? And uh, and actually, first, let's talk about your near death experience. Well, yeah, I um, you know, I was uh, like I said, I was diagnosed with a rare disease. This disease used to have me in the hospital a lot with um chronic infections. Sometimes infections would have me in there for three months at a time, having to learn how to walk again and, you know, all that because it would get to the bone. The infection would get to the bone, and when it gets to the bone, you need long intravenous antibiotics, long term. It takes a long time to, you know, get to the bone. So being, you know, that it takes a long time to get to the bone, the infection causes a lot of pain where you can barely breathe, let alone move. And um, you're, you're in the bed on, on antibiotics for at least two or not two months at least. And then that other month you're spent trying to walk again because you've been down so long. You know what I mean? Not move is stiff. So I've had to learn how to walk again. That's happened to me three times. Um, I had to go to rehabilitation, learn how to walk again. But I remember one day I was in the hospital and uh, um, before actually before we got to the hospital, I was in church. I got sick in church one day. I'm going to give it to you briefly. Uh, and uh, my mom... And uh, she she was ready to take me to the hospital during church service. And I'm like, nah, mom, we're going to wait. You know, let God handle it. And I would think I was around 10 years old, I believe. And um, I remember the, the the pastor and the members of the church praying for me and, you know, bringing me to the altar, praying. But I, as they were praying, it felt like I was just getting sicker and sicker. So I remember uh, eventually leaving the church early and going to my, a friend of my mom's house which who was an evangelist and who had, I believe, six years. She had six children, two at the time. And um, I went over to her house from church, and I remember my mom saying she was calling the ambulance, and I remember me telling her, no, nah, mom, let, let God take care of her, let God take care of her. Mind you, I'm two years old. And I remember the ambulance showing up to the door, and my mom saying, come on, Dave, you're going to the hospital. I refuse to go. And the woman and after throwing up, being in chills, kind of feeling like flu symptoms, like something was taking over my body. I was on the couch in my living room for like two days, and then I just couldn't take it no more. I went to the hospital. I remember being in the hospital, and I was in the playroom. After being there maybe a day or two, I was in the playroom, uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, CHOP, and I was uh, playing on a game, video game, sitting in the wheelchair, and I remember... The, the playroom therapist coming to me and like, David, you don't look good. And I wasn't feeling like I started getting real sick again. And they, the nurse came in felt my head and felt like I had a fever. And I was sweating, feeling dizzy, nauseous. They took me in the room. So I went in the room and uh, my mom, I remember my mom wasn't there. I remember no calling my mom telling her to get up there. And I was in the bed on the second on the window side of the bed. And I remember... My mom getting up there, and they were putting cold rags and stuff on me, taking my clothes off. And I remember asking me questions because I was going out of it. And I told them, don't touch me unless they said a prayer with me. And my mom told them, if that's what I wanted, can they at least do that? So we did that. And I was on the phone with my grandmother, who was a very, very, very holy Christian woman. And she was praying with me as I was getting like getting world busy. I remember her praying with me. I started speaking in tongues. 
only thing I remember from there is me looking out the window and just going out. And I seen like a a real, real beautiful colors, like bushes, like you up in like the bushes on the mountain. If you're driving on the highway, looking at any of you on the mountain, you see the big bushes that look like that, but it were colors I've never seen before. And um, I remember seeing a, a, a figure in a big robe, big white, droopy, dingy looking robe. And um, it had like, kind of like dreadlocks looking like uh, natural locks covering his face kind of had a light shining through his face and a light shining through his arm with a the robe was real droopy on the arm and I remember the arm lifting up but I couldn't see no hand no face and a light shine into the window and then I just remember me being a smile after that and my mom telling me that I was that I had my heart had stopped and I'm like, Mom, you did something touch me. I felt that something burnt my leg. And she said, No, Gabe, we ain't gonna touch you. I'm like, You didn't see what I just seen? She said, I didn't. And um, right after that, I was good. I got my head to tell me back. Like, I, I wasn't throwing up. My fever went away. I wasn't in pain. Infection went away. And I was home the next few days, I think the next day or two. That's truly like an impressive. And also, I mean, you were so young. It just, seems hearing it it should have been scary but you tell that story with such it never was it never was scary i don't know this it never was scary it was scary you know going into certain procedures of course Mm -hmm. you know it was a lot of with a lot of times i had to be in the hospital by myself you know what i mean as a child because my mom had other kids at home not only did she have other kids she had my little sister who was uh sick and you know um yeah uh she had seizure disorder. She was cerebral palsy. She had cerebral palsy. She had a, she was epileptic. Um, she also was diagnosed with the rare disease. Hers didn't cause her no issues though. Uh, that was kind of strange. Hers only caused swelling and a little bit redness in her hand. But um, she passed away right before her 18th birthday. That's you've lost a lot of people actually. Um, <laughs> Like a lot of people you lost. And and so one of those people, as you mentioned earlier, uh, was your wife. Now, I know that she held significance to you for a very long time. You met her when you were, what, 12, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the year you were supposed to not live to see, and and there's your beautiful, brilliant wife. Who- that I was with. That I, that, I, that I spent my life with until up until... November 2021, November 1st, 2021. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So that day was a hard one, right? Oh, yeah. That was the worst day of my life. And I've been through a lot of shit, but that was the one of the worst. That was the worst. That was the day you lost your wife. Yeah, that was the worst. Right. So now now that you're, yeah, of course. Of course, you're always going to be going through that, I think. I mean, that's just, yeah. So now you're you. You don't have all of these people around you. How Does that change how you approach things? Or are you still just as focused on God and as focused on the healing of, you know, being strong in that as you grow that? Uh, I've had my, my times, but, you know, 
like they, these were the these, this it seemed like this was the most time my 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 faith was tested. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of was angry with God a little bit, um, and all the shit. You know, all the seeing my mom get abused and you know thrown down steps, and you know me being put in the basement with dogs, me and my brothers and sisters because you know uh, uh, my dad sent us down there because he has shit going on upstairs with the brotherhood. You know, my mom didn't do what she was supposed to do on time. So, you know, I've been through some shit, but that was the most time. Even that, all that bullshit, you know, I didn't, because like I told you before, you know, my, my dad had his story. He was abused and, you know, he lost his mom. He was seven years old with more brothers and sisters than me, a single father. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't hold nothing against him for that. You know what I mean? So but, speaking um, of stories, speaking of stories, um, what do you like you have such a story okay we'll talk about your brother also in a minute but i want to know if we tell this story if we made a film of this whole crazy story what would you want people to get out of that what would you want them to learn i would want people to learn that if you you know we put one foot forward and have a little bit of faith it's a tiny bit of faith and and ask for the strength you need. I, I, I want people to see strength out of it. I want people to see that one person that wasn't even supposed to be here, you know, um, lost the closest thing to him, still here, still fighting, um, still still got something to prove, still have a story to tell, and still have you know. I want I want everybody to see strength. I think I think I show I think my story shows strength. I would have to agree with you on that. Um, so let's also talk a little bit about your brother. I mean, you you are strong in so many ways. Uh, we, we didn't even get to have my wife. Yeah. How she passed. You know, she passed before we get to my brother. My wife, um, she was, now mind you, right? They told me that I would pass away the same way that my wife passed away. My, they told me that I would, I would, um, the, the disease I have, the bone disease is kind of like a, uh, it, it takes, it, it has lesions on your bones. Back in the day, I used to have soft bones. I used to break a lot of bones. And it, it uh, the fluid in the body, it, it reproduces, it over reproduces lymph fluids. And they said that the lymph fluids took over everyone and drowned them out. The lymph fluids took over and drowned them out. So they went died out of breath, the lungs, you know, collapsed. My wife finished away in my arms out of breath. And I met her at twelve years old, the age they said I wouldn't live to see. Um I was diagnosed at five years old and um my wife, we you know, we created a whole family, you know, God gave us the opportunity to have children. Um, we raised our children. My youngest, we adopted a goddaughter. She's nine. My my youngest son, he just turned nineteen. He graduated uh, a couple months after she passed away. So we got to raise our family together. You know what I mean? For the most part, um, and you know, her journey here was done. I think her journey here was to help give me strength, honestly. And when I say that, I mean by being there, having someone, she was in the hospital when, you know, when my mom couldn't be there as a little girl, she was there side by side, spending nights with me, coming from an hour and a half, two hours on a bus to come see me every other day, you know what I mean? She's missing school, 
So, and, and when I would slow down, she would help build me up. You know what I mean? And, um, like I said, I believe she was there to help give me, give me strength. She gave me my children, gave me something to live for. You know what I mean? So, and I still have my children, you know what I mean? So I still have something to live for. I still have life left. I still like, you know what I mean? Um, well, yeah. Evidently, evidently I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you make that pretty clear. And, like, that's that's the impressive thing about you. I mean, the, nobody should have what you have in strength right now. After going through what you've gone through, it's very incredible. And, I mean, your wife sounds like she was a beautiful person and I wish I would have had the opportunity to meet her. Very big heart, big spirited person. Definitely. And she loved she passed book. away. After she passed away, I got so many like people that and I didn't notice, but I got so many people in, in Facebook and Instagram that would hit me up like, yo, your wife would just randomly send me inspiring messages and, and they would just hit me at the right time. I don't know where it would come from and I'm like, wow. That's how tight person she was. That's incredible. So, so she didn't just give me strength. She, you know what I mean? She helped give other people strength. So, and, and not even knowing it. I don't even think she knew how big she was. And how big her heart was. And she focused so much on other people that... Well, she, other people, she forgot about how big her heart was. And right. How big, yeah, she died of a heart attack. You know what I'm saying? So... That's so sad, though. That's really sad. So, you know, okay. So your wife incredible what a what a cool person to have had in your life right if everybody could have somebody like that wouldn't we all be lucky absolutely um, for real though and your kids are amazing you have a brother um who is actually the reason that i encountered you absolutely um, who is in jail for second degree murder conspiracy so let's talk a little bit about I don't want to give away the whole story, but I mean, that's an important part of your life, really, too, because you're sort of that's your connection kind of to every to your family. And that. oh, yeah, my brother's been going 16 years man. for a Shit, crime really. he did not commit, for something he didn't commit, for right. a thought, honestly, for a, a thought. Mike, are you? What? I said, I said for a thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a thought. He's in jail for a yeah. thought, right? Yeah, yeah. So, 16 years. So 16 years is a long freaking time. I've, I've spoken to your brother, right? Um, and, and something interesting that stuck out to me about you guys is the honesty in that. Like, neither of you tried to sit there and tell me that he was totally innocent in everything no. that he did. Mm -mm. No. Right, like he did help, kind of like talk about. Yeah, problems. talked about it, put it together. Yeah, we know where this guy lives and all. Yeah, yep. Right, but he was not there, and he I actually there. he actually changed his he actually changed his mind about it. Right. They tried to go there several times, and the guy wasn't there. As you know, we are spiritual people, and he had a feeling that it wasn't meant to happen. So he left. Right. He said, all right, this is like our third time coming. The guy not here. I'm leaving. He left. Yeah. And he called and he said later. That your mom called him. Yes. Exactly. So another sign, really. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And she came and picked him up. And he went home. They went on with it. And 
Next thing you know, my they turned it over my brother, and he did shot all of them are on except one of them, the one who actually killed the woman. Right, and oh, he pled guilty to he pled guilty to murder one, right? Yes. Okay. Everyone else that, that 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 participated, you know, physically, really, really participated, and you know, didn't change their mind and decided to go forth with it. They're home. He's still my brother's still in jail, still serving a life sentence. Plus ten. Yeah, for for not even being there, which is completely crazy. If, 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 if anybody in their in their right mind thinks that makes any sense, mm-hmm. they're they're fools. Mm-hmm. I haven't met anybody that told me that made any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense, and and that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> um, one of the interesting I things. You. I appreciate my, my brother. My brother definitely appreciates you. He's but working you know, very, very, very hard he, against that bullshit. Like, he's impressive. He does a lot of work from where he is. In prison Absolutely. isn't easy, but he told me that the way this all happened was basically that he was uneducated. He didn't have anybody there telling him what was what. And Absolutely. I feel like that's largely largely the case with, with these situations. Yeah. No education, no guidance. You know, I'm the, the 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 biggest father he had, the biggest parent he had at the time was me. I was a child, in and out the hospital most of the time. Mother on drugs, father doing what he you know not around. Um, when he was around, it was it wasn't pleasant. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, being worked like a slave. Uh, you know, the family business that was you know always was told, oh, this is yours, this is yours, but. You know, when he's trying and busting his ass, busting his ass, you know, and, and, and trying to, to do something right, and you're not getting no rewards, no rewards, you know, it's like, all right, back to the street. You know what I mean? And it's, you don't, you know, when, when, when someone's beating you down and you're trying to, you're trying your hardest to do your best. You know what I mean? You're trying. And you're doing a great job, but you're still being told you're not doing shit. So, so now like, he's, he's fighting from inside. Right. I mean, he's he's he told me he did a speech for a bunch of people a couple of weeks ago about oh, yeah. oh, yeah. he's mentoring. He's doing a, a whole lot. That's really cool. He, 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 let me put it like this. He would be so much more worth it out here than he is in there. I promise you that. Let me ask you a question a little bit off. I mean, I can cut this out, actually, if you really want me to. But I'm curious if you think that your brother would have gotten back on track had he not gone to prison. Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I feel like that's probably true, too. I mean, having... He already he already was trying. He had tried. Like I said, he was going to work with my dad. And he was he was trying. He was doing heat and air conditioning. And he was left for everything alone. And then he met that guy that, that went on with the shit. The, one that gone, the guy who killed the lady. And that guy was already in the robberies and shit. So he said, and the other guy that he was hanging with, another friend of his that's arrested doing life, he was in the robberies too. And um, actually, he was my brother's uh, co-defendant. They both got life plus 10 to 20, and they both weren't there. Well, now, the thing is that, like, not to lessen the fact somebody did die in this situation. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's horrible, but was not killed at the hand of your brother. Right. 
And I think that that's really the point that needs to be made about this mandatory life. Absolutely. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know where they, where they came up with that. But I, I, me personally, I think you should be, you know, every crime should be handled accordingly. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I also think that the education aspect of that is, is really important to bring up because if you don't have an ally in those situations, why would you know what to do? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that maybe more information needs to be given to people who Oh yeah. have it, right? Because maybe less people would end up behind Absolutely. bars ever. Like forever. For a thought for a thought, people wouldn't can't people wouldn't think about shit. I didn't know you could you could go to jail for having a thought, thinking about something and changing your mind. I didn't know yeah, that. Today. I didn't either until oh, I started doing this. Yeah, and I know people might have said, "Well, he knew he should have called the police," but you gotta understand that, that where we come from and in the, the community that we're raised in, oh yeah, not taught to call the police. Well, that she would probably get un, hurt by un, 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 again uneducated. You know what I'm saying? And and, and 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 being a product of your community, being a product of your environment, that does play a major part in things when you don't have two parents in a household or even one parent that's not on drugs and out and you know what I mean? That's not there mentally, physically, emotionally. So if people don't understand that, they're not human. I don't understand that. You gotta you gotta understand that. I agree. I agree. So or, if you or, say... or if you don't, let your kids be raised out. Just send some of your children that out here and right. let them be raised in the in the hood. And let them be raised in our it community. Fair, and, see, right? and see what happens. So if you could say one thing to the powers that be, like Governor Shapiro, for example, about any of this, what would it be? And like, what is it that you think would be the right thing to do? Again, to treat every crime accordingly. I'm not saying that, you know, my brother wasn't wrong for what, you know, for even thinking about it. But again... Um, you know, I think that you should be treated accordingly. If, it, if he thought about robbery, I think that's what he should have been convicted of. Robbery. If you're even going to get, you know, charged for thinking things. I don't think you should be. I think if you think something and change your mind, that should be that. I think that's a Tom Cruise movie, but I don't think it's, it should be real. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's real. I think I think um, you should think about if the shoe is on the other foot and you should. You should. I think they should get more active in our community before they just start making decisions. Like, right. you understand what I'm saying? How do you feel about like people coming in, like mentor type people, informational people that aren't necessarily attorneys, but somebody there, an advocate of some sort in those situations that can give you the information? Because that seems to be largely where the big gap is in the system. Right. 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 Information. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 um and and that and that uh that law they have, well that saying they have. I was actually caught up. Thank God I have still my records clean, but I got caught up in some pool crack. And um, I remember them telling me, uh, it was a straw purchase type of thing. I, I put an answer. I was purchasing a firearm, and I put an answer on my application that I correctly didn't know the answer. It was a uh, I think they asked me something, the crime that I can, was I ever committed with a crime that I could, that could have gotten me this amount of time in jail? And I put, no, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what it could have gotten me. I didn't know. I, they really almost sent me to jail for that. I think stuff like that, 
and and what they told me was uh 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 uh, uh uh, where they say no excuse for the law, they say not knowing is no excuse for the law or some bull crap like that. I said, I'm not a lawyer. Why would I know all the law? I don't, but we get charged with these things for not knowing the law. Everybody don't go to law school. Right. I, yeah, would, I would tell the governors and, 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 and to use your brain. <laughs> like, God damn it. Scott like, would agree with you. I think he does agree with you. Um, I think there's a large amount of the does. Shout out uh, to Josh. Like, right? Hey, I know. Josh, let's get up to use their brain, please. Yeah, he's smart. He's trying. he's trying. I think it's an uphill battle a little bit with Republican legislature, um, you know, country, all over the country, really, you know, in so many different ways. Um, but I don't think it should matter what party you are. Uh, use your brain, right? Here's your brain. That's just common sense. We're talking. These things that we're talking are just common sense. They're they they they're, 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 they're going off with, with control. You know what I mean? I'm we're speaking on common sense. Be be be. Use just a use common sense. I, I think we'll get. I think we'll get a lot better when they use their common sense as feelings and use feelings also. You know what I mean? They, they, they go. To, they don't use feelings and they and I, I actually know a person that was into um politics and he was. One day he was telling me the same thing, like, you know, he's sitting at the table with these guys and he's arguing at these meetings, like, y'all don't, y'all never been in these communities to, to make these type of decisions. And when he asked them that at a meeting one day, they, miles dropped, they were stupid, you know what I mean? Because that's what goes on. And that's a lot of, like you said, not being educated because if our communities knew more about it, we would be more involved, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I totally know what you mean. And, and people don't, we are not where we come from, and and the urban community. We are not the average household is not raised nothing about no politics or voting. They don't know nothing about it because the average mom is on drugs and the average dad isn't around, so there's nobody there to show them. Wow, they're not showing them in school. You know what I mean? So what do you do? Oh yeah, no, I mean like I hear you. I don't know if you know Lodge, but like I I'm working on a book with him um about his life he's been shot 13 times like crazy um you know i i got like you think you think you think you've been shot 13 times by choice no oh, no <laughs> being a product of his environment though that shit happens yes. this yeah. is reality if people if they use their common sense their brain this is reality well they open you know expand their mind a little bit and just in their heart a little bit that's reality. This shit really happens in our communities. I I totally hear you. And well, I by choice. Totally relate. I can tell you that like I have delved enough into this and for long enough in my life, uh, that I I to a, an extent understand and am willing to be the one who gets this message out because, for whatever reason, I can cross that line and I'm good with that. Right? Like I'd rather hang out with y'all any day than any of these stuffy assholes up here but but for real well, right. i mean like and i shouldn't i shouldn't be like able to say that right like stereotypically uh, if we're going to be stereotypical you should say what you want so you got a right to say what right. you want it's a freedom of speech i know but you can't anymore right but i don't care i i just don't care I mean, bite me, right? If you don't like it, bite right, me. Right, right. 
Yeah. So I'm so glad that you did this with me because these stories are mind blowing and also just so undershared. I, I think that's really the problem. There's maybe a little bit of a lack of education on both sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So thank you for being here. Yeah. I swear to you, this will be a feature one day. It really yeah. will. Thank you. Is this story? Oh my gosh. You're not dead. Good breath. <laughs> right. 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 Blessed up. We're right. Yikes.